0: God introduces his suffering servant um in, in 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 isaiah 42 um god says here's my servant whom i uphold my chosen one in whom i delight and then just a few verses it says in his law that is his servant the son of god in his law the islands will put their hope And so, those places furthest away from the promised land will one day hear the law, the Son's law. You know, and I think about how uh, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said, You've heard it said that uh, Moses said this, but I say to you. And so, he begins to give us his law, which of course climaxes with his death and resurrection. And this verse says, One day, even the islands will hear that and they'll put their, their, their hope in him. And so, we've always served, not just, you know, after the resurrection. But even before, we've, always, we've, we've served a God who's always been had a heart for the nations, and, and that includes Turkey. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, watch this video. Uh, it'll be a great, um, succinct summary of what's happened these last four years. And then I want to go through some specific pictures and tell some specific stories about friends of ours that have come to faith in Christ. Okay? <clears throat> In 1871, Miss Mary James rejoiced over how God had transformed the eyes of her heart. Since my eyes are fixed on Jesus, I've lost sight of all beside. So enchained my spirit's vision, looking at the crucified. Worldings prize their gems of beauty, cling to gilded toys of dust, boast of wealth and fame and pleasure. Only Jesus will I trust. God longs for the eyes of our hearts to be fixed on Jesus. His ways should hold our gaze. And in the same way, our eyes should join God's heart of love for the world's unreached billions. Jesus said, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. This is the story of one of those fields ripe for harvest. Ankara, Turkey. Mm Turkey is just north of Israel and is one of the largest countries in the Middle East. It is about three times larger than Wisconsin and is much more crowded with a population of 75 million people. Many Christians find it fascinating that Turkey is home to dozens of biblical sites like Ephesus, Colossae, Iconium, and Antioch. Our family lives in biblical Galatia, but we'll get to that in a second. Turkey and all of its cities are in need of the gospel 99.5% of the population is Muslim. That means that five times each day, Turks are called to ritual prayer with one reminder. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is Allah's prophet. They are taught from childhood that the Bible has been changed and that Jesus never died on the cross. And so Islam is a wicked strongman that binds up its captives. But we are called to show compassion, to go and reach Muslims for Christ because... God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Indeed, Turks are slowly turning to faith in Jesus. In 1960, there were only 10 known believers. But today there are as many as 3,500 Turkish Christians gathered together into 100 church plants. Praise God for this growth. Our most recent church planting ministry began four years ago in Ankara. Ankara's population is 6 million people. It is noticeably less Islamic and more secular. Friendship evangelism was important in the early phase of the ministry. We spent hours and hours with Turks. We also tried newspaper advertising, flyer campaigns, English conversation groups, holiday parties, and so on. These were great ways to get the gospel out. But, truth be told, we didn't see much fruit for the hard work. However, somebody must have been praying for us. In fact, it must have been a Colossians 4-3 prayer that God would open a door for our message. In our case, the open door that God provided was the internet. We learned how to use the internet to advertise our Bible study and to give away free Bibles. We used Facebook and Google and evangelistic websites, and with that, we were witness to unprecedented fruit. God began introducing us to friends whom he had been preparing ahead of time, and In just two and a half years, we saw 17 Turks place their faith in Jesus Christ. We could barely keep up with the discipleship. A Christian community sprang into life. is a family ministry Taylor and Tyson are great missionary kids they speak excellent Turkish and are highly involved in our work God is using all our family experiences in Turkey to raise up two young men who are strong in the Lord ask Taylor and Tyson and they'll tell you growing up in Turkey is lots of fun Are rejoicing in this new work that God has begun. Please pray for our Turkish brothers and sisters living in Ankara, Ekrem, Dilek, Enver, Murat, Mehmedan family, Saim, Shirzat, Mete Serpio, Ismail, Murat, Lokman and many others. personal stories about how uh, some of our friends came to faith in christ and i want to start if you notice from the from the slide presentation when we uh, began to understand how to use internet advertising things really took off and i want to first of all explain culturally why that was possible Um, compare that with america you know in america the good news as you share it with your neighbor or as you share it with your uh, unsaved relative unfortunately the good news is uh, received as unfortunately old news right i already know that change the subject right kind of give you the nod of death okay change that right and of course so we have to push through that as we share the gospel this good news with our unsaved friends but in a place like uh, the middle east the good news this gospel is a scandal and so as we advertise on the internet people are like wow what's that doing here and they'll click in and so it's just one of the cultural differences that we can use to to our advantage and give opportunity to share the Word of God. So I wanted to show how effective this was for us. We began using Facebook advertising in the year 2010, and through Facebook, we had 12,000 Turks click into our evangelistic website. What an amazing thing, you know, in one year to have that much traffic through our website. Um, From that, 3,600 Turks visited our, 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 our article entitled, The Uniqueness of Christ. And so that many Turks, you know, looking at that article, uh, informative about the uniqueness of Christ uh, in comparison to Muhammad and others. Um, 172 Turks placed orders for New Testament, for DVDs, for booklets, and so on. And so you can imagine, this was so we were getting orders nearly one every three days. Uh, just amazing response. And probably the most exciting statistic for me was the fact that 20% of those in Ankara who were placing orders, we were able to get together with them face-to-face. And so one in five, we were getting together face-to-face. It was in the context of opening God's Word. And so we would you know, open up God's Word. We would um, begin with, the, with the creation and Adam and Eve and show them that there was a fall and what it meant for sin to come into our lives, what it meant to lose you know, uh, Eden. Uh, this Garden of Delight, and then the promise of Jesus. And so from that group, there would be those that would want to continue on in evangelistic Bible studies with us. And so we just began to have a situation, actually, where we were so busy with people who were interested from internet contacts uh, that we didn't have time to do friendship evangelism. I mean, would you believe? That's how amazing that was. And uh, all that for just simply $2,600. I mean, from you know, internet advertising to the, the um, um, postage and the literature itself that we were sending out. So we're just really excited. And then, um, we, just how fruitful it was, in, in the first two years, we had 45 people who, uh, we met them. We, we, um, they were curious in the gospel, and we'd invite them to our Bible study. And we said, who are the people that have come three or more times in the last two years, and we saw 45 people had come to us that way. So just exciting. We saw, as you saw in the slide presentation, 17 Turks come to faith in the Lord. in Just two and a half years. Just amazing numbers. And the good news is that 16 of those 17 today are in, daily, are in weekly Bible study. Weekly going on with the Lord. And so, uh, very exciting. So I just want to tell, tell you a few, few stories. This is Shirzat. Would you believe we met Shirzat just 11 months after his 32-year-old son died in a failed heart transplant surgery. I mean, just a crushing situation. He lost his son, and there was a grandchild you know, left behind. And so this crisis had absolutely crushed him, and he was broken, and he saw our advertising on Facebook, and he clicked in. Well, and Shirzat was bold enough. He said, no, don't mail it to me. Just, you know, give it to me face to face. Let's meet downtown and I'll just take it from you. And and so we right away we got into Bible study. And, you know, he was so... Um, eager to study God's Word. I just couldn't keep up with it. I actually uh, purchased an MP3 player. We loaded scripture on it. We loaded testimonies, radio drama. We, we loaded um, worship songs, all these kind of things. And, uh, you know, in, in Turkey, particularly in Ankara, they use public transportation a lot. And so here's Shirzai, you know, using public transportation, just getting God's Word, getting stories. And so it's funny. One day we went on a picnic before he had come to faith, and I caught him, you know, singing a worship song, sing, singing a chorus. You know, so just the effectiveness of, um, of, um, <clears throat> of using that um, MP3 player. But I mentioned that, um, um, so he's studying... We're going on these picnics. Another guy who had come to faith was this Iranian by the name of Ismail. And that's a whole other story they don't have the time to share. But So Ismail had come to faith in Christ, and we had a wonderful friendship, and we were at a picnic very similar to this. And Ismail and Shirza became really good friends. They just had a common personality. So uh, at this picnic, they went off on a walk. And Ismail said, what do you think about Christ? You know, you've been studying, you've been reading God's word, what do you think? And Shirzat said, well, I'm still looking into it, I'm still reading, I'm still... And Ismail said, stop it, you know, I know the Quran, you know, I'm from Iran, you know. And Jesus died for our sins, this book is true. And, and so here's this Iranian that's just come to faith in Christ... And, uh, and he's sharing the gospel with Shirzat. And that was the last link in the chain that the Lord used to encourage Shirzat. And he placed his faith in Christ. And this is him telling his story of how he'd come to understand that Jesus had died for his sins and that he was embracing that. And he was baptized. So, um, so just, Shirzat's been a wonderful, yeah. <laughs> Shears, that's been a wonderful uh, 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 um, part of our fellowship. This is Saim. The the man in this picture is Saim. Would you believe um, there was a book fair in our city and there were some Christians who set up a book table so that they could give out the scriptures. And so they were doing at this at the, a book fair, and the only thing they asked is that if people were interested in the Word of God, they would just give contact information, so an email address or a phone number. And so Sain wanted the Word of God, and so he gave some contact information. And I don't know why this is the case, but in six years, they never followed up on those names that they had gotten from that bookstore. I just don't know exactly what had happened. But we moved to Ankara, and we were asked to follow up on this old, dusty list. And I thought, well, I'd love to. And uh, so I called Saim, and I said, you know, you might not remember this, but six years ago, you went to a book fair. And you know what? God had preserved that seed, and he remembered. And he was interested in getting together. And uh, so we got together, and it was very evident right away that the Lord was working in his life. um, And he was, you know, being drawn. He understood that the wages of sin is death, and then to understand that Jesus had died in his place on the cross and raised from the dead, he came to faith, and it's just been a wonderful part of what we're doing. Uh, this is Delech. Um, there's probably no person in our fellowship that has taken longer to come to faith than Delech. It took her 10 years. Her husband, I think I got a picture of her husband, just... Yeah, this is her husband. Her husband had come to faith, but as a, as a very conservative Muslim, she knew that we believe that Jesus is, the word of, uh, Jesus is the Son of God. She knew that the Bible taught that Jesus is the Son of God. And as a Muslim, there's nothing that will send you to hell faster than to believe that that would be the case, that Jesus would be God's Son. And so she was petrified. But, you know, there's her husband in the faith, and there's stories of Jesus just drawing her and drawing her. And so it was so long, but she eventually uh, came to faith. And one of the things I just love about Dilek is that, you know, um, just whenever you... And they go through trials. They have hard things in their lives. And just about the time you expect her to complain, mm -mm. thankfulness, joy, contentment, uh, comments on God's word. And so Dilek has just been so transformed. This is Serapio. There's probably no person in our fellowship that has more trials in her life than Serpil, because would you believe Serpil's husband is a turkish cia agent i mean it's amazing so we were even you know afraid to get together with her you know met met through the internet kind of cautious just to to meet her but sure enough there they are living in government housing and her husband's kind of in you know that part of the turkish government and unfortunately he also is abusive and uh, that's difficult. And as she's come to faith, that's even been more difficult for her. Uh, just a really difficult situation. And then there's her, son, her, her daughter. When the in-laws learned that she had come to faith in Christ, that she was a believer, uh, th- her, even though her in-laws were typically just nominal Muslims, not very, you know, you know, pr- they were not practicing Muslims, in spite of that, when, when they learned that, that she was a Christian, they um, redoubled their efforts to get, you know, islamic training for the granddaughter and there's nothing mom can do about it in in you know context of that culture and so it breaks her heart it's very difficult but sarah peel is um she has a university degree so she's kind of academic and she's the only like one of the very few that take notes as we as we have bible study so i love having sarah peel come when she can she's taking notes all the time and uh, just a delight to see her get baptized uh, i guess probably a year ago This is Lokman. Um, I want to tell you Lokman's story, not of his coming to faith, which is a neat story, but just kind of what the Lord's doing in his life since then. Um, So we met through the internet. He came to faith. And, you know, I guess he just assumed, oh, that's how we share the gospel. We use the internet. Because, absolutely on his own, he started using these internet chat rooms to meet people and to kind of share the gospel. Uh, and I really didn't understand that this was going on. Well, he meets this uh, Turkish musician in our city, in Ankara. And the musician wants to receive a copy of God's Word. So on his own, here's uh, Lopman. He's known the Lord maybe about, you know, four weeks. He arranges and he goes to this cafe, right? And in between sets of songs, he introduces himself to the musician. They sit down at a table and he opens up God's Word. And he's just kind of giving him a general understanding. Here's creation. Here's the fall. Here's Jesus, you know. And, uh, and the musician went back up on stage and and guess what happened? The waiter came by and the waiter said, hey, I I couldn't help but overhear what you guys were talking about. Could I get a copy of God's word? (laughs) So uh, amazing. Within two weeks, within two weeks, all on his own, there's no foreigner, there's no missionary involved, the musician, the musician's partner, both of their girlfriends and the waiter were in an evangelistic Bible study with Lokman five on one and he's sharing God's word. You know, he's only known the Lord now maybe six weeks, you know. So before I came to furlough, the musician had come to faith in Christ and that was exciting and we were praying for the waiter. Um, And I had met him. His name was Osman. So just about a month ago, um, you know, here I am. I'm I'm in Sheboygan. I'm on my computer and, you know, via Skype, Lokman calls me. And he's using his smartphone, right? So there we're using Skype, I can see him, he can see me, right? And and we're talking and he and he said, Hey, Osman, the waiter came to faith, and he's right here. Here, talk to him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so there, there's there's Osman, you know, a world away. And and I was like, Oh, congratulations. That's so exciting to hear that you've come to faith in Christ. And he handed the the phone back to Lokman. And I said to Lokman, I said, well, what are you guys doing downtown? I noticed, you know, behind you that you're downtown Anchor. What are you guys doing down there? And he said, said, oh, we met a couple new guys and we're meeting here for Bible study tonight. (laughs) You know. And, and so, you know, if you're a church planter and you understand that you want someday, you know, church, church planters should be like scaffolding, right? They're put up temporarily. So if you think of yourself as scaffolding, then when you meet a guy like Lokman, you're like, wow, you know, this could be that baton that's going to get passed on. So we're very excited. And just as this picture uh, kind of, you know, shows, he just loves God's word. And we're very excited about um then um, not only did we see Turks come to faith in Christ, but we uh, particularly we saw, like, like I mentioned, the Iranian had come to faith and others. But I particularly want to talk about Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan there is is the um, country on the right, <clears throat> um, and this is Murat. Um, now Turkmenistan. Is a, uh, was a part of the former Soviet Union. So Murat and his family grew up under communism, which means they grew up in an atheistic concept. His parents were, um, their background was Muslim, but they really had nothing to do with, you know, that practicing Islam, and, and they were really, for all intents and purposes, atheists. Well, Murat said to me, you know, Brian, I ne- that never sat well with me. And even when I was at home, he said, you know what? I had this plastic American Indian, you know, with a the, with the feather headdress, a, an Indian chief. He said, I would pray to that toy. Because I thought, well, maybe, you know, here's an American Indian. They got kind of a fast track into spiritual world. And, and he would pray to this toy. And he said, you know, one day uh, my life wasn't going like I wanted it to. And, you know, my prayers aren't getting answered. And I took that toy and I whipped it up on the roof of my house. You know, so there's this idol, you know, and, on the roof and rain and, sun, and shine and, and sun. And, and uh, just amazing. But God had given him that kind of heart. And then he, uh, he, he got the opportunity to come to Turkey to study. And uh, so he, he, once he met Practicing Muslims, the Turks, they're like, Oh, you're a Muslim, we've got to teach you how to pray and read the Quran. And so he went all through that for about a year, a year and a half. And you know, nothing was filling that hole in his heart. He had done all these other things. And so he said, You know, I'm confused, I don't understand, but I think it all starts with the book of Moses. I've got to find the book of Moses. So guess what he was thinking? The Old Testament. So he gets on the internet, and he's looking for the book of Moses, and he found our website where we're happy to give out free copies of the book of Moses. So we met, we began studying the Word of God together, and it was just great. I mean, the Lord was just absolutely getting a hold of him. He began coming to our Bible studies. Well, one of the things that I didn't understand that was going on was that his roommates were absolutely opposed to what he was doing. They knew he was going to these Christian Bible studies. They knew that he was reading the Word of God, and they were giving him, you know, platforms. They were antagonistic, and uh, this kind of increased more and more and more. And as Murat tells the story, he said, Brian, one uh, Saturday morning, you know, school's done, we're done with our week. One Saturday morning, we're in the kitchen, we're making breakfast, and once again... My roommates are getting on me about this, and but of course by now Murat has very thoroughly learned the Word of God and understood the gospel message of what Christ has done for us, and so he said, "Brian, I started defending and explaining the gospel to these guys, you know," and then he said, "and then I realized I believed it all." So as he's defending the gospel with his roommates, he believes. So he excused himself from the kitchen, went into his bedroom. He said he fell on his knees. He asked Christ to come into his life. Into his life. He said, I went back into that kitchen like a spring calf. Jumping like a spring calf. That's the way he described it. And so Murat, Murat has just been a wonderful addition to our, our fellowship. He actually is involved, he's graduated from college, uh, university now and, and he's actually in two training tracks because he wants to go back to Turkmenistan as a, as a t- trained and prepared person. And so we just uh, really thank the Lord for, um, for that. And so just amazing stories of what the Lord's doing. Um, Uh, Before I go uh, to the next slide, I just want to say, you know, it's amazing taking the gospel where it's never been before. Uh, Jesus, when he said for us to go, he didn't say just go to the E-A-S-Y nations of the world, right? He said go to the A-L-L nations. Nations of the world. So sometimes that means going where the gospel has never been heard. And so these people are coming to know the Lord as first generation, and then they're first generation disciples. And one of the things that we never would have anticipated is it's also true that they're also first generation, you know, um, they first generation being involved in worship. In coming together as church, and so they have no um, expectations. They are a blank sheet when it comes to what you do in church, right? And so it's funny because sometimes we can inadvertently teach them um, tradition that we never, you know, we never intentionally wanted to. And I'll give you an example of that. So we're, we're meeting together for for worship in our in our homes, and and we had this guy who had stinky feet. Oh, his stinky feet were driving us crazy. And of course, we take off our shoes in Turkey before we, you know, at the door, before we go in. And so he has the stinky feet. And my, my teammate said, Oh, I know what we can do. I know how we can solve the problem. And she had one of these scented candles. And she began lighting that every, you know, uh, during the service, uh, during our worship time. Uh, and it took, took care of the. So now all the Americans are happy again because you know, we don't have the stinky feet, feet smell. I'm sure it was bugging the Turks much less than us, but our problem was solved. So we're doing this week in and week out. Well, one Sunday, um, um, uh, our, our teammates weren't available. as They were off somewhere else. And so they gave us their house key. We opened the house. Turks came. We welcomed them. We did our kind of our chitty-chatty thing. And then said, okay, let's get started and do our worship time. So I grabbed my guitar, and I was just about to strum that first note. And the guy with the stinky feet said, wait, we forgot to light our mass candle. <laughs> so... Here he is. He thought that was a part of the worship service. I mean, little did he know it was because of his stinky feet that we were lighting the thing, you know? Just amazing. But I I guess what I'm trying to communicate is, you know, they have no, um, you know, expectation of what it means to come together, and it's like, oh, there's Brian lighting a candle. That means when you worship, you light candles, you know. uh, You know, that wasn't the case at all. So funny, funny uh, uh, experiences we've had. Um, You also know that um, for 10 years, we were in the city of Kayseri. Now, uh, just to remind you, uh, would you believe when we moved to there the next nearest Bible study was five hours away by bus? you imagine that? North, south, east, west, take your pick, five hours away. So we were moving into a very unreached area of the world. And uh, so praise the Lord. If you'll remember, Mukahit and his wife came to faith and, uh, and just were a wonderful part of the fellowship. We eventually sent them off to Bible school. Uh, they came back, and when he came back, we installed Mukahit as the first um, elder Of our church plant and uh, so that was very exciting that day when that happened that baton being passed on and and so this is an exciting picture for me this is actually taken in biblical Cappadocia in a cave where we had a worship service but notice now that he's teaching the word of God right I'm kind of taking more of a back uh, background uh, role and now he's teaching the word of God so just a very exciting progress uh, for the gospel in this really needy needy um, city um, and this, this picture also is really exciting for me as a church planter because, first of all, notice who's not in the picture, right? right? The baton is being passed on and I'm, I'm able to stay out of the water and now other Turks are you know, taking that over. And another thing that's is exciting is, you wouldn't know this, but he's baptizing our son, Tyson. And so just a beautiful picture of um, the gospel going forward. So I mentioned what's going on in Kaisri in because, you know, I, I kind of have this somewhat of a Paul situation where I go back just to check in, to encourage. Of course, nowadays I can just do that through Skype. Um, and emailing, and uh, um, so praise the Lord, you know, that church and that fellowship is growing. In fact, uh, M- uh, Mukah um, lost his job, he had a secular job, and on the weekends he was kind of being a lay pastor, and he's lost it, that job, and so currently we're, we're trying to raise finances to launch him as a full-time evangelist and teacher for that city, and uh, so the gospel uh, goes forward, so... <laughs> um, a lot of stories, but I wanted to get, get them in and just to have you, you know, be encouraged that as you're praying for us, you know, God is working. God is calling people. People are understanding that in their sin there is a Savior who died for them, who rose from the dead. And uh, thank you so much. We're going to be here in, Amer- here in Sheboygan until uh, beginning of March, and then we'll go back and continue to serve the Lord. So let me pray, and uh, we'll ha- pass it on. <clears throat> Lord, thank you so much that you have a love for the nations. You have a love for those who are far, far away. And we know that personally, Lord, because uh, I would imagine most of us in this room are Gentiles. And yet you've had mercy. And this, this um, promise that you made to Abraham that you would send... Um, a seed to save sinful Israel, would also be a light to the Gentiles. And Gentiles could be grafted into this good news, this kingdom. And we are, uh, uh, most of us in this room are of that group. And Lord, so are the Turks. And and, and so are the Syrians. And so are the Egyptians, Lord. and, And the Chinese and people all over the world. And you're calling them to yourself. And they're understanding the gospel, they're experiencing a true resurrection, Lord, where they're, they're no longer in the chains and bondages of sin, but f- set free to obey you, to have hearts of flesh, to be filled with the Spirit. And we thank you for that. And Lord, may, may we here in Port Washington just be so excited about our faith, so excited about our Savior, and follow Him. And Lord, let this morning be an encouragement to us in that um, purpose. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.